0: Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation.
1: We're your hosts, I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we're gonna be recapping the 2023 2023- drama may december <laughs> starring natalie portman and julianne moore well it says romance drama but i don't really want to classify this as a romance yeah
0: that's a so, that's a no from me dog
1: yeah it's gonna it's got to have to be a no for me
0: <laughs> not a romance
1: it is loosely based on the 1990s scandal of Mary Kay Letourneau. She was an elementary school teacher who was in trouble for having a sexual relationship with a 12-year-old student.
0: Holy cow. Wait a minute. So a 12-year-old in elementary school?
1: Yes. This is when kids still got held back. Gotcha. Not only was he a child, he was also a dumb child. (laughs) That's so mean. Listen, I'm just saying that he was a further victim, okay?
0: He was victimized twice.
1: Yeah. Okay. All the names and everything are different in the movie. A lot of the fact patterns are changed, but anybody who watches the movie is going to be like, "Mm." This looks familiar. Yes. So the movie is about Gracie, who was 36, and her relationship with Joe, who was in seventh grade at the time that the relationship began. so thirty six and
0: thirteen oof, this is rough. Listen. I had to do a lot of arithmetic in this movie because it unveils the facts really slowly. Mm -hmm. And when the movie first starts, Joe is a grown man. They actually together, Gracie and Joe, they have three kids.
1: Yes, they have their oldest child, Honor. She's away at college, but she was born when Joe was like 14. And then they have a set of twins that were born a little bit later.
0: Even the younger kids, Or like going off to college at this point.
1: Yeah. If he's 36 now, and then let's say they're 18, he had them when he was 18.
0: Right. Yeah. It was really trippy. I had to do a lot of math because I was like, wait a minute. If he was 18 when the kids were born, then that's not illegal. But then I realized, oh, these twins were their second pregnancy. (laughs) The first pregnancy was when she was imprisoned. So I imagine she was pregnant Mm -hmm. when she got arrested.
1: Yes, she was pregnant when she got arrested. And she did have her oldest daughter on her while she was incarcerated. Um, And that was like the big tabloid, jailhouse baby, baby born in the jailhouse.
0: How many years do you think she got for that?
1: She didn't get that many because if he had this baby when he was 14 and then another set of kids when he was 18, mm-hmm. she got like four years
0: yeah so do you think she got out on parole and like what did she tell the parole board (laughs) she was just like yeah i did it and i'll do it again too
1: she was like i learned my lesson about not having sex with underage boys so she waited two months until he turned 18 (laughs) and went right back to that dick
0: oh my god Okay, so really the premise of the movie is that Natalie Portman is playing an actress, Elizabeth Barry, and this actress is making a biopic film about Gracie Atherton, Elizabeth the actress is invited over to Gracie and Joe's home into their little barbecue that they're having. Because I guess the idea is that if Elizabeth is going to be playing Gracie, she wants to get more familiar with her as a person so she could represent her better in the movie.
1: It's some method acting. She wants to know who Gracie really was.
0: I know a lot of actors do this who play real people. They meet the real person. But man, that's a lot. I feel like that's going to make you a little biased because if you get to know someone, you're not going to really portray them in a true light.
1: I would want to, if I was playing a real person who was still living, I would want to meet that real person to be able to give an accurate portrayal. However, I think my line would probably have to be drawn
0: at a child molester. (laughs) At a pedophile. Yeah.
1: At a pedophile, because here's the thing, if we were to switch these roles and he was 36 Mm -hmm. and she was 13, he would have got more than four years.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's so true. Culturally, there is a difference in how these cases are handled when the perpetrator is a woman versus when it's a man. It really is creepy because it's equally as creepy.
1: Okay, listen, I have a 14-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 12-year-old boy. If a 36-year-old grown woman were to look at any one of those three boys and be like, I want that one. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with you, okay? Yeah. There's something wrong with you because they are literal children. Listen, I have to remind them to shower, <laughs> all right? There should be nothing attractive to a grown woman about a preteen, teenage, young teenage boy,
0: Yeah. okay? Yeah, for sure. And so it's weird because Gracie and Joe, they seem to have a very normal life. They have this big house, which we learn later, they actually got because they sold their wedding story to the insider and they got money to buy this house. Uh-huh. Tabloids are like funding all sorts of debauchery.
1: <laughs> they seem to lead a pretty normal life, except for the box of shit that people randomly send to their door. hmm.
0: It's just a small little blemish on their perfect life. Every once in a while, someone sends them a box of shit. And I just have questions. Is there a grown person squatting into this box and sending it? Because that person has a whole array of other issues.
1: Oh, listen, there's places online you can pay to have boxes of shit. to people. You can get exotic shit, like zoo animal shit. You can get like farm animal shit, mm-hmm. dog shit. It's probably not human shit. It's probably animal shit. But yeah, you can just go online and have a box of
0: shit sent to people. First of all, I am very concerned that you know this information, but also side note, I just don't know if it changes the level of crazy. You know what I mean? It's like the difference between hiring a hitman and doing it yourself. Like you're still a murderer. So it's like whether you're ordering a box of shit online or you are like literally squatting over the box and doing it yourself, you, it's still You're still not okay.
1: Sometimes people just deserve a box of shit on their doorstep, (laughs) Rose. It's $25 well spent. How do
0: you know how much it
1: is? (laughs) You never wanted to send somebody a box of shit?
0: No. I mean, it's never crossed my mind. My God.
1: Listen, you can send a lot of things anonymously: Boxes of shit, bags of dicks. Okay. Glitter bombs.
0: All right. Yeah. I believe you. I just, I'm concerned that you know the exact price. Did you really send a box of shit to someone? Yeah. Who did you send it to? I'm not saying on the podcast who I sent it to. The person who received it is going to hear this and they're going to know it was you. You know what? I want them to know it was me, but I don't want everybody else to know it was me. Okay, but everybody knows. Now,
1: if I got a box of shit mailed to my house, I wouldn't be telling everybody I got a box of shit because then they're going to be like, what did you do to get a box of shit?
0: Okay, what I'm saying is we were talking about a theoretical box of shit and then you made it a literal box of shit that cost twenty six ninety nine, twenty five, twenty five, twenty five ninety nine. I'm going to give you the liberty of just how do we segue out of this conversation? Like I've been trying to get out of this conversation for a solid two minutes.
1: I'll segue (laughs) us out. I'll segue (laughs) us out. Okay, you know what? We're gonna segue away from literal shit and we're gonna segue to metaphorical shit, which is math. hmm Gracie, who is now 60 years old, mm-hmm. she seems like a normal mom. She has a little bakery business that she does out of her home. Yeah, You know what? She just doesn't seem like a pedophile.
0: She doesn't. And she seems happy as a clam as well. And I just have to wonder how real any of this is because if you're the type of person who's attracted to a prepubescent teen, how are you also attracted to a 36-year-old man, because Joe is a grown man now.
1: Joe is a grown man, and listen, grown man Joe,
0: he looks good. He's cute, he's attractive, however, he's awkward. You could tell there's something off about him. If you were to meet this man somewhere and have a conversation with him, I think you would describe him as infantilized, naive, and immature. He just he doesn't have the confidence and swagger of a 36-year-old man.
1: He does Not you can tell that Gracie probably has a habit of micromanaging everything Mm -hmm. that he does. Yeah. So Joe does this thing where he goes and collects monarch butterfly eggs and she's like, Uh, can you move your bugs? Yeah. He goes and grabs a beer, and she's that's number two, you know. Like for the number of beers he drank, right? He just looks so
0: fucking bored with life, to be honest. It's very obvious that they have more of a parent-child dynamic. But then, like I said, I just want to really harp on the fact that Joe just has this wounded aura to him. Trauma freezes you at the age you are when you experience it. And yes, this relationship, this affair, this situation was trauma for Joe. And I think he is still a 13-year-old boy inside of a 36-year-old man's body.
1: Well, yeah. If you think about it, not only did he just kind of stop emotionally maturing at 13, he then went on to be re-traumatized by having a baby with this woman, marrying her, and having more babies with her. Yeah. And you can also tell he's never even Googled a therapist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's
1: so true. Listen, I don't want to, you know, victim blame here, but I think Joe has a lot of work he needs to do.
0: He does. And I think there's a gaslighting element. And he even says it to the actress Elizabeth. At one point, he says, we've been together for 24 years, Gracie and I. So why would we be doing this if it wasn't something I wanted? So I think there's a gaslighting element of look at us. We're such a happy family. Obviously, what I experienced wasn't abuse. And it's like, oh, oh, sweet child.
1: Oh, honey, I've been there to where like it didn't mess me up. I'm perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. And It's just like you had a panic attack during a movie. Okay, aside for that one thing,
0: (laughs) aside from that one thing. I I think it's very common to be in denial about how our childhood experiences affect us. And literally you sit down with a therapist for two seconds and the therapist is like, huh, do you realize you do X, Y, Z? Why do you think you do that? And you're like, oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Right. The whole barbecue It's supposed to be like this happy, fun, go lucky thing, but it's actually just like super awkward Mm -hmm. and weird. It's like the family has been told how to act. So Elizabeth doesn't think they're weird.
0: Yeah, it's so true. They know that there's an actress coming to observe their behavior Mm -hmm. and they're acting normal.
1: So as part of actress Elizabeth's biopic prep. She wants to talk about the people that have the details. She wants to talk to the people that have the tea. And that's not just the family. Mm -hmm. You want to know who always has all the tea? The lawyers. All the tea.
0: I wonder, though, how can the lawyer talk to her?
1: Um, Gracie and Joe have agreed to the biopic. They're helping out. They're getting money from it. Mm -hmm. So they've probably given their lawyer permission to talk to Elizabeth.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Let me tell you, this lawyer does not hold back on his judgment because he straight up tells Elizabeth that Gracie, when she came to him at the age of 36, after having been arrested because she was caught having sex with a 13 year old in the back room of a pet store, Gracie didn't think she did anything wrong. She was delusional. The lawyer says she thought she could explain it away to the judge and just be like, but I love him.
1: Please let me go. <laughs> Can you just tell the tell the judge that like
0: this is a consensual relationship? She's saying me and this child are in love.
1: You know what? I really hope that Gracie got the same beatdown in prison that male offenders get.
0: It probably doesn't happen that way for female pedophiles, unfortunately. Like we said, that is like this unfair double standard. But the lawyer said something really interesting. He was really spilling tea because. Elizabeth asked the lawyer, when did it sink in for Gracie? Like when did the gravity of the situation really sink in? And the lawyer goes, has it sunk in? And that was such tea girl because that's the lawyer saying, have you seen them playing house? Have you seen them 24 years later pretending that she's not a pedophile? Have
1: you seen their wedding pictures and their three children? They, they sold their illicit story to the insider and then bought a huge house with the money. It hasn't sunk in. They just doubled down on
0: it. Right. That really is the vibes that we get from Gracie, the whole story. It's that Gracie does not regret one bit that she had this really inappropriate relationship with a 13-year-old. She doesn't think she did anything wrong. She thinks that their story is like a love story.
1: It's not. This is... Trauma, okay? Like, this is. This could have gone really badly because this could have been the making of another pedophile because hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And this could have just turned Joe into hurting people the same way he was hurt.
0: Yeah, it's true. Unfortunately, that does happen a lot. So at this meeting with the lawyer that Elizabeth is having getting all the tea, it's at this restaurant and there's a live band setting up. And one of the guys mm-hmm. from the band just happens to be Gracie's son from her previous marriage.
1: Yeah, the marriage she ruined by having an affair with the child. So this son sees the attorney they know each other they're friendly his name is georgie the son is he takes a break he runs off stage comes over and he's hey what's up and elizabeth goes to introduce herself and he's like yeah lady i know who you are and he's flirting a little bit
0: he's a grown man girl he's the same age as joe because when oh, his no, mom that's right. yeah cuz when his mom was having an affair with joe she had a son the same age and this is the son that makes it so much more sick Don't you think that she had a 13 year old son? Yes. But this guy, Georgie, he is very obviously not okay. He's not. He wears his trauma on his sleeve. First red flag is that he goes over to where Elizabeth and the lawyer are sitting. He just grabs Elizabeth's drink and drinks from her straw. Did you see that? Yes. Like rude. And then he goes over and he snatches some food from the lawyer's plate with his hands.
1: Honestly, he's a 36-year-old man playing in a cover band at a restaurant during lunchtime. Mm. So probably not very high
0: aspirations at this point. Georgie does casually mention, like, this ruined my life. My mom doing that thing, it totally ruined my life. He said that his mom was arrested right before his birthday and everyone forgot to cancel his birthday party.
1: Yeah, and only one guy showed up. Only one of his friends showed up. And dude, listen, you can obviously tell that he's also probably never seen a therapist. Right. Therapy, don't know her in this movie. So you can tell that he's very messed up about it and he freely admits like everyone in my life. But could you imagine the type of shit that he got from his friends at school?
0: Well, then also he did get a new stepdaddy that was exactly his age. Like he was Mm -hmm. 19 when his mom got out of jail and had a new stepdaddy that was 19. Like that's wild.
1: As Georgie kind of swaggers back to stage, Flora just goes, situation is not without casualties.
0: This interaction was so important because it's the first time that we really see like, oh, it's not all sunshine and rainbows the way that Joe and Gracie try to portray things with their nice house and their jobs and their kids. Like, no, Gracie ruined lives with the decisions that she made and she is not sorry.
1: Yeah, and you know what? There is even like a brief interaction with Georgie's dad, the ex-husband, and he was even very
0: reluctant to talk ill about Gracie or Joe. It was a very boring interaction. I thought we were going to get some hot piping tea, but the ex-husband... Talks about just like, yeah, well, you know, everything turned out for the best. I'm like, are you what? What? Girl. What? Yeah. I don't think there's anywhere in the multiverse where these people have ever even considered therapy, like any of them, mm-hmm. except maybe the lawyer. I feel like the lawyer goes to therapy.
1: You know, the lawyer probably does go to therapy. I would hope that lawyer goes to therapy. <laughs> yes. Anyways. So Elizabeth, at this point, she's doing the interviews. She is spending a lot of time with Gracie and Joe. She's over
0: their house a lot because Elizabeth is in town solely for the purpose of infiltrating Gracie's life. And so she's hanging Mm -hmm. out with her a lot and learning how to do Mm -hmm. her makeup like her. She's starting to slowly dress like her. It is uncanny valley creepy to watch someone Morph into someone else Yes She's
1: also starting to imitate Gracie's lisp Mm -hmm. It's gross And like an uncomfy way
0: It's so uncomfy. And it gets even weirder when Elizabeth decides, like, you know what? I need to go to the scene of the crime. Mm. And she goes to the pet shop where Gracie and Joe used to work. And I didn't know you could hire 13-year-olds. It was 1994. Okay, all right, different times.
1: So Joe started working there and that's where the affair started. It was just them. They were the only two employees there.
0: Elizabeth goes back to the pet shop the owner is there and he has, doesn't he have like a newspaper framed with the story, like his quotes?
1: He has it like shoved underneath the front counter. People probably ask to see it a lot. So he just has it on standby.
0: Elizabeth wants to go to the back room where Gracie and Joe were caught having sex.
1: You can tell that pet store owner is like, listen, do you know how many times I've had this sanitized and cleaned. <laughs> He's like, fine. So he takes her back to the stock room where the supply room where they were caught at. And he just goes, don't touch the bait. OK, the owner of the pet store just sort of leaves Elizabeth in the back room and she goes on. It looks like a full on like sex scene from a movie. Just solo. She's so into it.
0: It's a very weird scene where Elizabeth, again, Played by Natalie Portman, sits on the ledge of the back door because I think when she looks around, she realizes, oh, this is the only spot where they could have probably been hooking up. So Elizabeth sits on the floor and arches her back and puts herself in a weird position, and then she starts imitating sexual intercourse with the air. And she's like, Uh she's like making sounds. And let me tell you, Natalie Portman has chemistry with the air. Okay, that's a hot scene.
1: It is a hot scene, but
0: let's pause. Right. Let's break down the scene. I get that it's weird, but it's she's also having chemistry with the air. We can't deny she that. She is.
1: Natalie Portman has chemistry with everything, just like Blake Lively. Blake Lively has chemistry with everything. Right, It's not her fault. But Natalie, <laughs> this, it's not their fault, okay? It's they're God's favorites. Yeah. But Natalie Portman, so Elizabeth, actress Elizabeth, is writhing in imagined pleasure about having sex with a child.
0: Oh, no. Um, Yeah. When you put it that way, I see what you're saying. That's
1: exactly what it is. Yeah, you're
0: right. She's she's back there reimagining the moment that a 36-year-old woman, which interestingly enough, Elizabeth, the actress, is 36 years old. Uh So not only is she exactly the same age that Gracie was, At the time of her crime But also like we said Joe is 36 And so I don't know Is Elizabeth picturing 13 year old Joe Or is she picturing 36 year old Joe
1: She's picturing 36 year old Joe Because you can tell that Elizabeth Has a tiny bit of a lady boner For Joe Grown up Joe
0: Yeah and like I said He's a handsome guy But his vibes are so off He's so infantilized and awkward And so obviously Mm -hmm. like traumatized
1: Honestly Joe seems to be going about the motions of being a grown up but Joe is
0: by no means a grown up and it's so bizarre right like at 36 kind of just realizing like oh shit I got married I had three kids I have a career as an x-ray tech because that's what Joe does in the movie he's an x-ray tech Mm -hmm. I think the whole process of this actress coming in and talking about his past Mm -hmm. is making Joe look back and you can imagine what a fuck it must be for Joe at 36 to realize, oh my God, I am the age that my wife was when she met me. And but I was 13. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And he probably he's looking at his 18 year old kids and is like, but they're so babies. Yeah. And he's like, wait a minute.
0: He's very emotional about his kids.
1: Yes. Joe's getting ready to have an empty nest. And so he's going through old pictures and stuff. Probably one, to reminisce. Probably two, to give Elizabeth some information on the kids growing up and all of that stuff for the biopic. And then he finds a letter that Gracie had written to him. Mm -hmm. during their affair.
0: Yeah. Joe gives this letter to Elizabeth. I don't know why he does it. The letter is essentially just Gracie talking about how special their love is, but how she knows it's wrong. Like she knows it's wrong in the letter. She tells him like, you need to burn this or I'm going to jail. (laughs) Ha ha ha. LOL.
1: I love you so much, baby. And our love is something that will last a lifetime unless you keep this.
0: Yeah. There's absolutely nothing wrong with what we're doing. But if you could just burn this, please. And not tell anyone like totally chill. There's nothing wrong with it, but we have to keep it our little
1: secret.
0: Yeah. So Joe gives this letter to Elizabeth. He tells her it's the only one he managed to keep. So he's insinuating that there were many letters before it and he had to burn them all. But this one, for some reason, he didn't burn. Well,
1: it was 1994. They didn't have texting or email or anything like that.
0: Right. Speaking of texting, we see throughout the movie that Joe is texting someone and it's very innocuous.
1: Mm -hmm. So there is a Facebook group specifically for this group of people that are collecting the monarch eggs and keeping them safe until they turn into monarch butterflies and then release them back out into the wild. Mm -hmm. There's this one girl that he is talking to throughout the whole movie through text messaging. And nothing that he's talking to her about is really inappropriate.
0: But it's it's the only time that we see Joe seeming to connect with someone. This is the thing about trauma is that it makes it hard for us to connect. And I think that Mm. is what Joe is experiencing. He has unresolved trauma. He doesn't realize that he has unresolved trauma, but he has a hard time connecting with his kids, with his wife. And now he found this stranger that he is able to, I don't even know if he's really connecting with her. I think he's just so desperate for it.
1: He doesn't really have anything in common with his wife or with his kids. And he found this person person who is nice and friendly that he has a common interest with, and he just sort of latches on to that one thing of connection, that common interest, and he's having an accidental emotional affair.
0: Yeah, but I think it's in his head because the text messages are not inappropriate, but he is spending a lot of time talking to her.
1: That's why it's accidental. Nothing is going on. They're not talking about their feelings or their troubles or anything. Nothing is wrong with his text messaging Mm -hmm. with this woman, but he's definitely grasping onto that connection. Yeah, because
0: it's comfortable. Yeah, that's so true. So Joe has a very grown up job as a 36 year old man. He works as an x-ray tech and Elizabeth had asked him previously if she could come visit him at work and she does, Mm -hmm. and there are HIPAA violations galore happening in this back room.
1: Yeah, so he has x-rays of a broken hand up on the board, and that in itself is not really that much of a HIPAA violation. You know, you can just see the bones. It could be anybody's bone, and she's like, what is that? And he's like, oh, 13-year-old boy skateboarded off a roof, which again, as the mother of a 13-year-old boy, definitely- that
0: checks out. Checks out, yeah. <laughs> so Elizabeth is in this room with Joe. It doesn't seem like Joe has ulterior motives with this interaction. Mm-hmm. But it seems very much like Elizabeth is flirting with him.
1: Elizabeth is definitely giving him like pouty doe eyes and coy little smiles. And then at one point, she puts her hand up against the 13-year-old boy's hand and goes, his hand is so small. So tiny.
0: Yeah. It seemed very on the nose because obviously Joe was 13 when he fathered a child. And now Joe is seeing the x-ray of a 13-year-old boy. It just, it seemed very on the nose. Like I almost felt like Elizabeth was trying to like mess with his head a little bit.
1: Yeah. She was kind of like maybe goading him into like defending the relationship. And Joe doesn't
0: ever once do that. He doesn't give her anything. That's the weird thing. Like aside from the letter that he gave her, actually, I take that back. He does defend relationship in the sense that he says, We've been together for 24 years. Why would we have done that if we didn't love each other? That's the only argument he has for why it wasn't wrong. It's just the sunk cost Mm -hmm. fallacy of It's been 24 years, you know, like if I broke into someone's house 24 years ago and now we live together happily, did I really break into their house?
1: You know what? When my parents got divorced, they had been married for 29 years. And at that point, I kind of wanted to be like, no, figure it the fuck out. You're not going to piece out of a marriage after 29 years. Figure it out.
0: Time goes by really fast, dude. And I think it's very easy to just blink and find yourself in a situation that hasn't been working for several decades. Mm -hmm. I mean, that ball starts rolling downhill. The next thing is death. You're going to wake up in a coffin. It's just life. (laughs) I will not be waking up in a coffin. (laughs) I felt like it was a weird scene with Elizabeth because also Elizabeth tells Joe, like, thanks so much for showing me your job. Now I know what it feels like. And Joe said, what feels like? And she said, sneaking around with you. And again, she is being flirty, but he's not reacting to it. He's so awkward. He acts like a 13 year old.
1: Literally, he says well, it's time for lunch. And then he just turns the light off on her and walks out. (laughs) He turns off the light
0: as she's in the room. He, I loved this actor that portrayed Joe. Oh my God, he was so good because he is a grown man. He's 36, he's handsome, but he has the air of a 13-year-old boy. And I don't know if that's how that actor is all the time. I really hope not. I hope not. I hope it was like the performance of a lifetime because he just really embodied a 13-year-old in a grown man's body, which is just sad, you know? So Elizabeth is gathering all the information that she has been collecting about Gracie and the character she's going to be playing. Elizabeth talks to the director, and it seems I'm gathering a couple things from the conversation she has from the director. One of them is that Elizabeth is going over budget by renting a house mm-hmm. in this town and staying there for several weeks. The director's kind of like, mm-hmm. hey, like we need to get started on this production. And Elizabeth is so engrossed in Gracie's life that she's like, I need more time. But also mm-hmm. Elizabeth seems to be having an affair with the director.
1: Yeah, there's definitely some wink, wink, nudge, nudge things going on in that conversation. Mm-hmm. He wants his booty
0: call back. Right. She asks him, where's your wife? And he's like, Elizabeth, you're so bad. That tells you right there. What do you mean she's so bad asking about your wife?
1: Also in the same scene, right before she calls the director, she is looking at some casting calls for young Joe for the biopic. And she tells the director, like, none of these are working. Like, you got
0: any hotter kids? Oh, my God. See, I thought that it was hitting home for Elizabeth what a 13-year-old actually looks like because there are, to Mm -mm. be fair, Elizabeth has not interacted with any 13-year-olds so far. Like it's all been grown people. Like she's seeing adult Joe, all his kids are grown. Like she is not seeing any 13-year-olds. So now in the casting calls, she's seeing these actors that look like children. Like there is no difference between any of those 13-year-olds and my 10-year-old or seven-year-old. Like they all look the same to me. You know what? I get it there are some kids that do
1: look much older than they should. So was 13-year-old Joe one of these lanky, all arms and legs, huge nose, huge ears, 13-year-old? Or was 13-year-old Joe one of these almost six-foot-like, grown-ass man, full-beard-looking motherfuckers? You know what I mean? No, it's
0: no difference, right? They're still 13-year-old boys
1: they're still 13-year-old boys, but the fact that Elizabeth is like, she describes grown-up Joe yeah. to her director. And she's like, he's he is like seductive and alluring.
0: Elizabeth tells her director, we need to find other boys. You need to go somewhere else. I don't know if you've only been looking LA, but she says, Joe has a quiet confidence about him. And I think he was probably like that when he was younger. There is something really gross about the way Elizabeth wants a hotter child, As the actor. Because you know what? I say no. I say cast a 13-year-old looking lanky boy and make it awkward. I want the film to be Mm -hmm. awkward. I don't want it to be hot. You know what I mean? Well, here's the thing.
1: Is she going to fake kiss him? She's going to have to kiss him. That's the thing. Like, listen, you're going to be faking a sex scene- With a 13-year-old. Who's an actual 13-year-old.
0: Who's an actual 13-year-old? He's going to pop a boner. That's so disturbing. And it needs to be disturbing. It needs to be disturbing, but also is this traumatizing this 13-year-old actor? Right? Yeah. I don't know the ethics around filming a movie like this, where the character is supposed to be so young and experience something like this. I feel like they need to hire someone of age, like someone... Freshly 18 Who's like On the shorter side And looks younger Like you need it To mm-hmm. be an adult You shouldn't cast a child To be like, you like need Traumatized to
1: do, You need to do Like a Leah Michelle Glee thing Where she was 30 Playing a
0: 16 year old You yeah, know what I mean People like Hollywood does it All the time
1: Get one of those AI things From <laughs> Twilight You need To get one of those AI things They had from <laughs> Twilight Whoever made That weird ass Renesmee looking child yeah. You need to get that same person to make you a 13 year old joe
0: oh my god just like an animatronic 13-year-old. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Dude, but like the animatronic 13-year-old just for the spicier scenes. And <laughs> mm-hmm. dude, I would pay to watch that movie. That's actually hilarious. And then the it's animatronic just, would like sue and want to go to the animatronic would need therapy. It's just a really short
1: woman wearing like one like a green suit with like the AI, like that or like the CGI monitors on her. Yeah. And then you just Paste in a 13-year-old boy afterwards. Oh, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wish films like this didn't have to be made because I wish that people didn't do these things, but they obviously Wish do. that people
1: learned their fucking lesson.
0: Yeah. And that's the most frustrating part is that throughout the movie, Gracie doesn't seem to be sorry, embarrassed, like nothing. However, there is a scene that is gives us a little bit of insight look into what, Gracie and Joe's relationship is actually like because Joe Mm -hmm. is supposed to pick up dinner so he gets home a little late And Gracie is having a meltdown in the bedroom.
1: Yeah. So she is in the bedroom and she is like sobbing. You can tell this happens often because Joe just calmly puts down the grocery bags and it's like, fuck, not again. Mm -hmm. And goes up to their bedroom and he's like, babe, what's wrong? Gracie immediately gets up and like hugs him and says that a customer canceled the cake that she just spent a couple of days making and then all future orders. My initial thought is, okay, is this like, I don't want my name associated with you? No, this woman is moving to go care
0: for a sick relative. And she got paid for the cake. So it's not like she got screwed on it. Like a customer paid for the cake that she made. Yeah. So essentially, you're getting a free cake, Gracie. Why are you crying, girl? This is a 60-year-old woman at this point Mm -hmm. who is essentially having a temper tantrum because her customers said close my account
1: yeah and joe's like it's okay gracie the cake will get eight we don't have to throw it away it's fine mm-hmm. and then she goes where were you like i was upset and i needed you where were you yeah dude he just went for a walk can yeah. the, can a bro not have some alone time without you being up his ass like where the fuck were you i needed you
0: This is the only scene where we get a behind-the-scene glimpse of their relationship.
1: You know, there's this one scene where Gracie insinuates that the whole affair was kind of Joe's idea, that Joe seduced her. She says that Joe is much more experienced than she is because she's only ever been with Joe and her ex-husband, but Joe's been with two other people Before they even got together.
0: Elizabeth says he was 13. And Gracie's kind of like, yeah, but he had more experience. That part really drove home the delusion that Gracie carries. Because she is saying that she was the victim. That she was the innocent one at 36 years old. And that this... Mm Thirteen-year-old little boy came up to her and seduced her into an affair, and she like just fell into it, and it wasn't her fault. And then she fell in love with him, like a hundred percent. Her story is that Joe was the perpetrator and she was the victim.
1: Yeah. So Joe, poor, sweet, awkward as fuck, Joe. He's going through a little something right now. Okay. Yeah. He is getting ready to be an empty nester. It's like a little third life crisis. Joe's son is out on the roof. Joe goes to join his son out on the roof. And they're just kind of hanging out for a minute. And the son pulls out a joint and was like, I just plan on like, you know, smoking this. I really prefer
0: not to do it in front of my dad. The dynamic between Joe and the son is very big brother, little brother, like it's not father son.
1: No. And Joe just says, oh, yeah, go ahead. The sun lights up, takes a hit. And Joe says, you know what? Do you mind if I take a hit? I've never done that before. Joe takes a couple hits off this joint. Gracie and Elizabeth come out front and are like, hey, we have to get ready for graduation dinner. Hurry up. Joe stands up And this high-ass motherfucker almost falls off the roof.
0: In a weird way, it's almost like Joe is realizing the things that he didn't experience by watching his kids experience it.
1: Joe's definitely coming to some hard facts about life right now. Not just life in general, but his life specifically because he's getting ready to be an empty nester. His baby children are moving on Mm -hmm. with the next chapter of their life. And he's seeing their plans. He's seeing
0: what a normal 18 year old does. Yeah. You know, but I think that's part of the wake up call that Joe is having about the fact that Mm -hmm. maybe what happened to him wasn't normal because he's getting to see his kids living a life that was robbed from him. You know, he didn't get Mm -hmm. to have the normal graduation experience. He didn't get to have the normal prom experience because he was the kid who got a random 36 year old woman pregnant.
1: I feel like having an older woman have your baby like this is much different than if he got another 13-year-old pregnant. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it was another 13-year-old, there is a whole different set of circumstances because you are both in the same situation. Yeah. And they were not both in the same situation before. You know what I mean?
0: completely different levels. Yeah. So all of this is happening to Joe. Definitely a little midlife crisis. You said a quarter life crisis. He's 36, girl. This is midlife, generously midlife. Uh, no, Ugh, I don't like that. Yeah, no, you don't want to think about it, but this is midlife. So... Again, Joe's twins, who Joe's kids, youngest kids are twins, and they're graduating from high school. And so this is the event that's going to bring the whole family together.
1: Their oldest daughter, Honor, the prison baby, she comes home to watch her younger siblings graduate from high school. And you can tell there's a lot of tension between Honor and Gracie.
0: We do get hints that Gracie is a little bit of a toxic mother figure to her daughters. And the children are old enough to look back at the situation and be like, that was messed up with mom, what mom did to dad.
1: I think they've probably talked about it amongst themselves but I don't think they've ever said anything to their parents about it.
0: No, I don't think the parents have even talked about it. We'll get into this mm-hmm. later. But Joe and Gracie don't seem to have ever really talked about like, hey, what happened was weird.
1: No, no. The whole pre-graduation dinner thing is just really weird. Gracie's older son is there for the dinner as well for his younger siblings, which I think is great that he does have some sort of relationship with them, and
0: he probably really fucking hates it. Georgie is a weird character. Not exactly as weird as Joe. It's interesting to compare them, right? Because Joe is definitely Mm -hmm. a 13-year-old in a 34-year-old man's body and his awkwardness. Mm -hmm. And yet, Georgie, who's exactly the same age and was the same age when he experienced his trauma of his mother going to jail he's Georgie seems more like an adolescent right he seems more like a rebellious teenager
1: yeah he seems more like between the ages of like 16 and 21 yeah but with grown-up responsibilities and probably like some sort of grown-up money you know what I mean Yeah. So Elizabeth goes with the family to observe this dinner and kind of see how the whole like more extended family sort of interacts with each other.
0: And they don't because the extended family is sitting in a separate section of the restaurant. And the son Georgie goes, oh, this is where the old family sits, which like a couple people chuckled at. And the dad was like, Georgie, where's the lie, (laughs) though? Where's the lie? We don't
1: say those things out loud. (laughs) Yeah, it's super weird. Georgie, obviously, like you said, wears his trauma right on his sleeve and then flings it in everyone's face. Isn't that how we Um, do it, though? That's
0: how we do it. Yeah, but we're funny about it. We're funny about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're also girls. Joking about trauma is just like a little treat that girls get to have.
0: Oh, my God, you're right. Because as a girl, we're seen as less threatening. And so when a man is like, look at my trauma, we're just like, oh, my God, don't kill me. Right. Like we're immediately like, you might be a murderer. So... That kind of sucks. That sucks that men can't wear their trauma on their sleeves without being threatening.
1: You know what? Well, they also get paid more Mm, and have more rights. Yeah.
0: It's a give or take in this society. I'll take my privilege where I can get it. Trauma privilege is a thing. Less time in jail for pedophilia and ability to joke about my trauma without seeming threatening.
1: Alright. Okay. You know what? We're leveling the field. But as the evening's coming to an end, Elizabeth is in the bathroom and Gracie comes by and is like, hey, Joe's gonna take us home and then he's gonna come back and take you to your place. Elizabeth declines. She's like, hey, you know what? It's close. I can walk from here. Gracie is adamant yeah. with
0: Elizabeth that that. Joe drive her home. That is weird to me. But it's also weird that Elizabeth seems to have driven with them. Like she didn't drive herself. Elizabeth,
1: she's outside on a bench waiting for Joe to come back and get her. And
0: Georgie comes and sits right next to her and lights up a cigarette. Georgie, again, the weird son from the previous marriage. He starts spilling more tea, but it's not fun Mm -hmm. tea. He basically says... You ever wondered what caused my mom
1: to be the way she is? Take a look at her older brother's. Wink, wink. You know that thing she did to her new husband? Must have been done to her before. Yeah. Insinuating that her older brother molested her.
0: He doesn't insinuate it. He literally says it as though it was fact. Because Georgie Mm -hmm. says... That he read his mother's diaries and that she talked about it in the diaries, how she was molested by her older brother starting at 12. And then Georgie does this weird extortion thing where is it extortion or blackmail when you try to like influence something someone does? I'm not sure. I think it's extortion because he's trying to get something out of it.
1: He tries to extort a job out of her.
0: He tries to extort a job out of Elizabeth by saying, Hey, I am a music guy. You're doing a movie, you're an actress. Movies need music. I heard that there's like this position that chooses the music. I would be great at that. And you know what else I would be great at? Publicly bashing your film if you don't give me that job. On the other hand, if you give me that job, I can give you a lot of information about my mom because I know all the tea. Yeah. Essentially, Georgie gives Elizabeth an ultimatum. Like, hey, give me this
1: job as music director and I won't publicly bash your movie. Or don't give me the job and I'll publicly bash your movie your pick. Elizabeth gets super uncomfy, says she'll think about it, and then essentially does a
0: running hop, leap, and jump into a moving vehicle. Joe comes to pick her up. So Joe is driving Elizabeth home and Joe notices that Elizabeth is using an asthma inhaler. And then she mentions that she has a nebulizer machine at home and she can't figure out how to hook up the mouth The face piece And Joe says My sister's had asthma Yeah and she's like Do you have a minute Would you mind coming up And helping me So
1: Joe goes into Where she's staying He goes in And he just clips on The
0: face mask portion of it Why do they both Have to be sitting in bed While they're doing this Don't you think it's like Such an intimate thing For a strange man To be sitting on your bed Next to you Weird But you know what Elizabeth has just
1: been Giving him Come hither eyes Essentially this whole Fucking time You know what Elizabeth being the weirdo that she's been being, sees her shot, and she takes it.
0: Elizabeth says to him, you're so young, you can start over. And he says, and do what? Elizabeth says anything. And then she kisses him, and then they start doing the deed uh-huh. in a very like first-time virgins in high school sort of situation. It's an awkward sex scene.
1: And you know what? This kind of like leads me to wonder about how much Gracie and Joe
0: have sex. Right. It sounds kind of weird to say, but he looks very inexperienced. It's very quick, not passionate, very awkward.
1: Yeah. And when they're done, he sits on the bed. He's waiting for instruction.
0: Isn't it weird that this boy didn't get to grow up organically? That's really the sad part here, right? Like the rest of us, we had to grow up organically, figure out how relationships work. And he was thrown into a relationship into basically like this lifetime union at 13. So he doesn't know how relationships work. He doesn't know what happens organically.
1: And you know what's even worse for him is that during the timeframe that this took place, like the year, during that era where this... This took place the men in his life whether it had been like a coach or a mentor or his dad uncles whatever he probably didn't get a whole lot of you doing okay man that's a. this is a lot he probably got a whole lot of slap on the backs and wink winks and good for you bros right, you know what yeah nope nobody probably checked in on joe to see if joe was fucking okay
0: Yeah. This is so messy of Elizabeth. You know, she's this actress researching these people for a role Mm -hmm. she's playing and she's sleeping with a guy. And again, it's so creepy because it's like, is she attracted to 36-year-old Joe or is she having a fantasy with 13-year-old Joe? It's just a lasagna of weirdness.
1: I think she's having a fantasy with 13-year-old Joe, but I think in her fantasy. 13-year-old Joe looks exactly like 36-year-old Joe. Yeah. You know, they just had sex. Joe doesn't know what to do. He says, what now? What was this? And she said, this is just what grownups do.
0: Yeah. It's kind of heartbreaking because he says, I've never done that before. Like I've had crushes before, but I've never done that. Like as far as you know, having an affair on his wife, he seems to think that they're starting something and there seems to be some sort of excitement from Joe like oh we're starting an affair Mm -hmm. and Elizabeth's just kind of like no we just you know had a quickie and it means nothing
1: no I was bored so I ruined your life (laughs) yeah I was bored so I ruined your life you should be used to this from women by now
0: and it's kind of heartbreaking because Joe actually says I thought we were connecting no she just wanted to get laid I don't know what Elizabeth wanted she is going too far deep into this character by this point in the movie she is resembling gracie a little too much she's taken method acting to like a creepy level level. yeah well and the crazy part is that the movie hasn't even started filming and so you have to think she's this far in and now she has to go and actually play the character for like six months Uh this girl's never digging herself out of that hole
1: hell no after joe leaves elizabeth's home He goes back to his place. He doesn't get into bed. He just sits in the corner
0: of their room and he watches Gracie sleep. You could tell that he feels terrible about what he just did. Mm -hmm. And there's like this hopelessness to him where it's almost like he didn't have a choice, you know? And I I think that's maybe how it felt when he had an affair with Gracie at 13. He probably just felt Mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't have a choice. This is just what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sleep with this woman. And I think that really messes with him where he realizes I just did the same thing again. I just did something because I was expected to. I didn't think about it.
1: Gracie wakes up, sees him staring at her and it's like, hey, what's up? And he said he was just thinking, Gracie seems to get a little annoyed and goes, okay, well, you're going to have to tell me what are you thinking about? And Joe says, I was thinking that maybe I wasn't old enough to be making the choices that I made regarding like the relationship and stuff.
0: Yeah, he stays kind of vague, but it's clear what he's talking about. And he is crying. Like, as he's Mm -hmm. saying this, he's sniffling. It's very clear that he's overcome with emotions. He is a 13-year-old boy inside that doesn't know how to deal with what happened to him.
1: Yeah, and I think just now, he's like, maybe at 13, I wasn't mentally or emotionally mature enough to be making these choices it's like just now at 36 yeah. it's finally clicking wait a minute yeah gracie loses her shit she starts yelling she's like oh who was in charge joe who was in charge there who was really making those decisions yeah bitch
0: you She's saying to Joe, you seduced me. And he says, but I was 13. And that really sets her off. Yeah, she starts screaming, like, who was in charge? Who was in charge? He is starting to see the dysfunction in their relationship because he says, why can't we talk about it? She got very defensive the moment that he insinuated he had been thinking about their relationship. It's like she Mm -hmm. wants to pretend that they didn't have this very dysfunctional, toxic beginning.
1: I think that as long as the relationship kept going after he was an adult, she could still convince herself that there was nothing wrong with it. That's exactly it. He questioned it. He challenged, wait a minute, like you were the grown up in the room. Not only was she an adult, she was also in a position of power over him. Because she was his boss. Yeah, which makes it doubly wrong. So it's like, Gracie, bitch, he didn't rape you. Therefore, you were still in charge.
0: Okay. Yeah. Do you do you see how this works? The gaslighting of it all. I think this is how all pedophiles think that children are seducing them somehow. I think even ones like with even really young kids, they think that the kids are seducing them. It's their delusion.
1: No, I think you're absolutely right. Like it's there's just something that's miswired in their head that makes them able to justify that.
0: Yeah, the real life case that this is loosely based on, are they still together, the woman and the man? Um, I don't know, let me check. Because I do remember there was a case and it's probably the one you're referring to where it was a teacher and a student and mm-hmm. she was pregnant with this child and then after she got out of prison, they got married and they were like still together or something.
1: She was released from prison in 2004 They got married in 2005, but then they filed for separation 12 years later, and then she died in 2020 of cancer. Okay. They have three kids together. Oh, no. I'm sorry. No, they don't have three kids together. I think he has two children with her, and then he has one child with his – he has since moved on and welcomed his third child in 2022. Interesting.
0: But yeah, so I definitely think there's something to Joe being the age that she was. When she met him, I think that's because, dude, that is when it clicks for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. That is when trauma clicks for people when they look at their children who are the same age they were when they experienced something and they think, holy crap, that happened to me when I was that age. That's when Mm -hmm. trauma really hits you in the face.
1: Yeah. No, I 100% get that. And Gracie doesn't have the emotional intelligence to handle this conversation, and honestly Joe doesn't either
0: i know um, he wants to like he really he wants, wants to he wants to
1: but he doesn't know how yeah and so this take this is the morning of graduation this is the morning that their two their twins are graduating from high school gracie just disappears she's like in the woods fucking fox hunting She doesn't tell anybody where she's going. When she goes
0: to shoot the fox, she just stares at it for a long time. I don't know. I want to think that she was looking at this fox like, you are this innocent creature and you have no idea what I'm about to do to you. At least she didn't fuck it. Oh, my God. But yeah, I I guess she didn't do that. So that's good. Joe is helping his children get ready for graduation.
1: He's all upbeat and happy for his kids. Yeah. And he still can't find, you know, Gracie. But Elizabeth does accompany them to graduation to watch. Yeah. This is her last day in town. Gracie just shows up. She's sitting in the stands like nothing fucking
0: happened. Graduation, the scene, I really appreciate that they cut it really short because graduations are so long and so boring. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Even like when you're the one graduating, you're like, oh my God, this is so long and boring. But Joe is like losing it, watching his kids graduate. He is crying. He's sobbing. And again, it has to be such complicated feelings of like, oh my God, my kids, they're graduating high school and they're free. And when I was graduating high school, Mm -hmm. I already had a kid and a whole ass like Mm -hmm. convict wife, like a whole felon wife.
1: Yeah. I think Joe is crying, one, for his younger self and two, for the life that his children are now going to have. And But also, I think that the kids was like a bond that kept him and Gracie together. Right. And now with them gone, he knows things are going to change.
0: There's going to be no distractions now. Now that their kids are gone, Joe and Gracie will have nothing to do but look at each other and come to terms with why they're together. Like really get down to the nitty gritty because let me tell you, if you don't work on your demons, they work on you like they're going to start arguments. Uh It's going to be like, why would you put this fork over here? I wanted the fork over there. You're going to be arguing about like the cup in the sink. You're going to be arguing about the shoe by the door. Mm -hmm. It's going to be all of these pointless arguments. And then one day it's just going to come out. I was 13 and you raped me, you know, like it's just going to explode. Now would be a great time for Joe to find a therapist. (laughs) So after graduation, Gracie confronts Elizabeth and it's this very mm-hmm. passive aggressive confrontation that Gracie does with a smile on her face. Elizabeth tells Gracie, Hey listen, I'm headed out.
1: Today was my last day here. Thank you so much for your hospitality and all the information. I hope you love the movie. Gracie's like, you know what? Good luck with your movie. Georgie was lying about those disgusting things he said about my brother. Elizabeth says he told you about that? She goes, I talk to Georgie every day.
0: It sounded like a veiled threat. And as Gracie walks away, the camera pans on Elizabeth and it looks like she's having a mini panic attack. The implication here is that Georgie maybe got the job as the music whatever for the movie Mm -hmm. and that he's going to be like an on-set spy it was it's like it's very subtle we don't really know for sure but that's kind of what I got out of it
1: that's definitely what I got out of it too Elizabeth was under the impression that Georgie and Gracie were sort of estranged Mm -hmm. but now it turns out that they're in cahoots they're in cahoots Mm -hmm. and so now Elizabeth is like, oh shit. I don't think Elizabeth planned on lying in the movie, but now I think that it's just an extra level of scrutiny to have somebody that's on your set daily reporting back to the person Mm -hmm. that you're making the biopic about,
0: about what's going on. And so here at the end of the movie, we get, and I'm so excited we got this, because I was really thinking the whole time, like, I want to see this movie that Elizabeth is going to make. I want to see it. Yeah. So we actually get to see the movie set and we see Elizabeth who is dressed as, you know, the younger Gracie who's seducing the 13-year-old Joe. And the 13-year-old Joe that they found does not look 13. That kid looks 17.
1: Yeah. He looks like almost a grown-ass man. You have him that's like kneeling on the floor, like leaning against a chair. And then you have Movie Gracie, who is holding the snake. And she's like, do you want to touch it? Don't be afraid. She won't bite. Movie Joe goes, how do you know? And Movie Gracie says, she's not that kind of snake. And then they cut And then they redo that part. Elizabeth keeps saying, one more time, I'm almost there. I'm almost there.
0: This is how movies work. Obviously, they do many takes of the same scene so that they could grab the best parts of it. But it's so interesting to see it. Like this weird nuanced scene just being played over and over again. They play it like three or four times and yes. Elizabeth wants to keep going. And I think it's obvious that the snake is a metaphor for Gracie. Like she's saying like, yeah, it's okay to be afraid. So she's almost like saying, like, it's okay if I make you uncomfortable. It's okay if what I'm doing to you makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna bite. I'm not that kind of snake. I am not that kind of bad guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do bad things, but I'm not gonna hurt you. So it's just so uncomfy, so uncomfy. You
1: know what? Have you heard that song on TikTok? Don't be polite to men that freak you out. Yeah. I think it can also go the other way. Yes. for for boys, don't be
0: polite to women that creep you out. Yes, a hundred percent. Don't be polite to women who creep you out. a thousand percent. I think the thesis of the episode is just Google therapist. That's just really Google it.
1: therapist. It's not hard.
0: It's not hard at all. Literally just type in therapist into Google.
1: Therapists were still a thing in 1994. They were, although
0: we must say that they were a lot more taboo back then.
1: You know what? They were a lot more taboo back then. People would have just thought she was having an affair.
0: You know what I mean? To put it that way, would you rather people think that you're crazy because you're seeing a therapist or would you rather be a pedophile? Like, I think the lesser of two evils is people judging you for seeing the therapist. That's just me. I'm certain she was probably ordered to see a therapist while in jail. I don't even know if that was something that judges thought about in the 90s. You're right. It might not be. Listen, the 90s were a time for traumatizing. They were not a time for therapizing
1: yeah all right this is where our movie leaves us yep the teapot is empty for today don't worry more is bringing it on the way we'll be back next week with another episode see you next time bye